Great job, Emily. Thank you so much. That's her first time to sing in church? How about that? Um, <laughs> sir? First time to sing a solo, period. Uh, it's genetic. She, 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 she's the guy. She's a good shape. Uh, I asked Greg what his first time to sing in church was. He didn't remember the age because he always was drunk up there. He said, that's just four. Uh, because Chris would sing, Greg would have to sing with him. With, did you have a choice in the matter? Or just, in the song you said, you'll always sing. I am a promise. I am a promise. I am a possibility. Remember that song? We're going to get Greg and Chris to sing this song. Dad wants to say something. Else. When Greg got up to sing his first song with his choir, I said, Greg, did you get up there and you sing pretty okay and you sing out? He said, I'm not going to sing. I said, yes, you are. He said, I'm not going to sing. So the choir came out. They were ready to sing. And the music came on. Greg caught his arms and he did this to me. Jeannie and I left the house around 6.15 or so en route to one of my favorite house places, the Dillard House. Yes, we were. We were on our way to Asheville, and so we planned our trip to be in Dillard, Georgia in time for breakfast. If you've been, you know. If you've been, you understand our experience. It's a great place. If you've not been, go. Go now. Get up and drive to Dillard, Georgia. Uh, there's no menu. You just sit down and they bring it to you. They just bring it. And so for breakfast, we had patty sausage and link sausage and bacon and pork tenderloin. Eggs, potatoes and ribs and biscuits and gravy and sweet rolls and blueberry muffins and pancakes. And then they have the audacity to come back to your table and say, do you need anything else? We did not need anything else. It is indeed all you can eat. Aren't those beautiful words when you put them together? All you can eat. Some of us really like those words put together. Today we're going to talk about abundance. All that God has to offer us. And obviously we can't do that in a day. We're going to scratch the surface. And just remind you. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, that we come into this place and all our needs can be met. All our needs can be exceeded. Father, we're talking about spiritual things, physical things, all things. You're the God of all things. And we thank you for your care for us. Thank you for abundance. For so much we take for granted. But Father, as we come into this place with needs, let us know that you can take care of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Jewish people love to celebrate holidays. We have Jewish neighbors and they're so wonderful because they bring us new food. They, they're, they're a little Baptist in them because they like their food and they celebrate with food an awful lot. They call their holidays feast. And for good reason, they feast. 
Uh, you're familiar with many of them. Jeannie was on spring break late because she works at a Jewish school and they coincided their spring break with Passover. And so that's a feast that they just have celebrated. Today we're going to look at a New Testament story about something that happened at one of the Jewish feasts. This was the Feast of Tabernacles. Today our Jewish friends refer to this as Sukkot. Uh, a time to remember the wandering in the desert um, for 40 years. It was a high and a happy holiday for the Jewish people. It was Christmas, the 4th of July, and New Year's. They kind of roll up into one. When they have a feast, they would have one. And during this feast, the Feast of Tabernacles, the high priest would go to the Pool of Siloam and take a golden pitcher. And he would dip the pitcher in the pool and carry it back to the temple with a procession of people celebrating and singing. And they said there were probably dancers and jugglers and acrobats. This was a show. And there he'd take that pitcher and he'd pour the water out onto the altar of sacrifice. And at that moment, when he poured the pitcher out, they would do this for seven days straight. Trumpets would blow, and the crowd would cry out, With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. That's a quote from Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3. And it's a great huge celebration with laughing and dancing and shouting and singing. And water is a big part of the celebration. They also celebrate the fire that God led them through the wilderness of the pillar of fire. They said in the temple there were candle stands that were gold that were 75 feet tall and people would climb to light during this ceremony. But we're going to concentrate on the water part today. They're celebrating a lot of things to do with water. Some say they're celebrating the, the, the rain that helped their crops. Others say they're remembering the water separating when they walked through the Red Sea. You know that story. Others say they're celebrating the miracle of the water that came from the rock. Let me remind you of that. It's the story we find in Numbers chapter 20, beginning in verse 2. All right, they're in the wilderness wandering back in the Old Testament. There was no water for the people to drink at that place. So they rebelled against Moses and Aaron, which was almost a daily thing. The people blamed Moses and said, If only we had died in the Lord's presence with our brothers. Why have you brought the congregation of the Lord's people into the wilderness to die along with our livestock? Why did you make us leave Egypt, bring us here to this terrible place? How quickly they forgot. This land is no grain, no pigs, no grapes, no pomegranates, and no water. Moses and Aaron turned away from the people and went to the entrance of the tabernacle, where they fell face down on the ground. Then the glory and the presence of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord said to Moses, You and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community. As the people watch, speak to the rock over there, and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water for the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So Moses did as he was told. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord, and he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring you water from this rock? 
And then Moses raised his hand, struck the rock twice with his staff. The water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. So at the Festival of Tabernacles, they're celebrating that among many things. The water came. So, back to the festival. It appears that this is happening maybe on the last day, seventh day. After the high priest has poured the water and they've had all their celebration, and they cried, quoting from Isaiah, and it stopped. And a voice yelled out. Jesus' voice yelled out, according to John 7, 37. On the last day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, and he said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Can you imagine? This is a scene. All of a sudden, everybody had turned around and think, what's going on here? There were some thirsty people there that believed after Jesus spoke. Now there were others that wanted to kill him. Go home and read John chapter 7. But Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Jesus realized this festival had just become really another party. They were drinking from a river ritual. And after this day was over, celebration was over, they go back to the same old fears and problems and faults and failures and frustrations. Nothing much would have changed if they had just gone through motions. And what was wrong with that crowd then is what's wrong with many today. Many draw from the wrong well. Or they draw from ritual. We seek worldly answers sometimes and we take our eyes off of God. But Jesus had to offer something different. And I love that he used this word in verse 37. It's a beautiful word that talks about you and talks about me. Jesus said, if anyone thirsts. I love that word. He doesn't just say, if the good if the good ones here thirst, or if the men and people here thirst, or if those above the age of 30, but below the age of... He doesn't do that. If those of you that have only broken two of the commandments, if anyone, that's important. If anyone wants God, if anyone wants a relationship with God, they can have. And I like that. That's important for me. If anybody wants spiritual living, spiritual water, I hope you've not ruled yourself out. Probably not. Here you are. But I hope you'll never give up on anyone. I'm going to give you some homework in the middle of this. Think of someone that you know needs the living water of Christ. Put a name to anyone. It might be a brother or a sister or a neighbor or a co-worker 
or a friend or an ex-friend you gave up on? Can you put a name to anyone? Don't, don't tell me what it is. If you can put a name there for somebody that needs living water, begin praying for that name. Begin praying for that person and just see what happens. Put a name there. The problem is that there's just some that aren't thirsty for God. They're not thirsty for a spiritual life. I want to quote from a beer commercial right now. Stay thirsty, my friends. That's an important thing for us to do. But not for the things of this world. We'll never have a close relationship with God until we thirst for Him. We have to do our part. Matthew 5, 6. Remember what Jesus said there? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And what he has to offer is more than the Dillard house has ever seen. It is so true, but we have to do our part. One of the exciting events that is occurring as a result of Orbit being downstairs and then doing theater next door is that there's a group of parents that are wanting to do a junior high Bible study this summer here. That's pretty good. There's a group of junior high kids they're going to begin about a study here. Now, when's the last time that happened? I don't know, but it's good news. And there's thirsty kids, and there's thirsty parents. Bless you for allowing this to occur. Back to John. We're going to look at verse 38. After Jesus said, about anyone who's here that's thirsty, come to me, I'll give you living water. He says this, he says, he who believes in me, that, that should be us, your Christ follower. As the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Let me translate that. If you come to me, your cup will run over. If you come to me, you'll make a difference wherever you are. John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus put the difference about the world and the living water. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And I think that they can have life and have it abundantly more than you need. Abundant means beyond measure. We get a glimpse of that in Psalms 23, 5. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with all my cup overflow. I love seeing people whose cup overflow. Who have that living water? Many of the children. I'll go celebrate a life in Indiana this week of Margaret Green. There are people in churches for ministers, especially starting out, that will either make you want to continue in the ministry for the rest of your life or go sell insurance. There are some that, that will point you in the right direction and some that will just think, well, I'm not going to do this. And we've been so fortunate to have wonderful people in our lives. Margaret and Dr. Green adopted us. They were neighbors and uh, about parents' age. And we had young children. In fact, when Ellen was born, Dr. Green and Margaret, Taylor stayed with them. When Taylor and Ellen were sick, we had a doctor across the street who was retired who would come and take care of them. When something happened to be your chief, they would come and take care of us. When we couldn't travel home for Christmas or Thanksgiving or Easter because we needed to be at church, 
they'd make sure we were part of their family. We have met the most wonderful people along our journey, and we have to put William and Margaret Green way towards the top of that lift. But their living water changed our lives in ways they'll probably never know. Today, there are many of us here that need to know that God can give us not only what we need, but God can give us more, abundantly more. All we can eat spiritually. Here today, all of us need to know that we are loved, that God shouts to us, I love you. Here today, we need to know that we are forgiven, and God shouts, I am forgiven you. We need direction, and God says, follow me. Here today, people that are scared or unsure or worried, and God shouts, trust me, even when we don't understand. It's my pleasure to tell you that God has what you need. Jesus came, so we can live lives that are overflowing. I look forward to seeing what happens as a result of your overflowing lives. Let's pray together, and then we gather the Lord's name.